Oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> What's happening? My brain just stopped. All of my spoons were used up with fixing this. <laughs> that's sorry. amazing. No, that's perfect. Uh, okay. That's it. We're done with the show. There's no more spoons. <laughs> yep, the spoons are gone. You're listening to the CXMH Podcast. CXMH is a podcast at the intersection of faith and mental health. Hey, Holly. Hey, Robert. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm good. How are you doing? I'm uh, good. We're like kind of just feeling out how this works because it's a kind of different style of episode than we normally do. Yes, but I'm really excited for it. Good, good. You having a pretty good day? Yeah, it's been a good day. I just got back from lunch with Corey and Oliver, and so it was nice to have a little date with my hubby and and Oliver. He actually was fun seeing him, you know, not having a sister around. He's like a totally different kid, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, what about you? How's your day been? Let me tell you, Holly, I've done it. I have finally... Achieved, I've become an adult on this earth world that we live in. Yeah, this makes me so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> in my, uh, listen, in my 28 years of life, I've done a lot of things. I've like bought a house and had a kid and earned two degrees and done a bunch of things. Uh, and I have never thought more like, look, I'm a functioning adult in the world than when I like woke up and got out of bed this morning and drove my whole body to a networking brunch. Ooh, that's fancy. It wasn't. Tell me. It was? Tell it me wasn't. about your networking brunch. Uh, it, I mean, it was a, a local treatment center for, I think, eating disorders, uh, but they just, they were having a networking brunch where you could go and talk to other local therapists or whatever, huh? and then learn a little bit about them and what they do and you know, I'm still in the first couple, or I guess first little bit of building kind of a practice, so I thought it might be good to go, and yeah. um, I got, you know, a free half a muffin out of it, so. That's awesome. Yay um, for that. Half a muffin. Was it good, yeah. at least? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, your sta- it was your standard muffin. <laughs> or half a muffin. Or half a muffin. I yeah. felt as fancy as you at a symposium. <laughs> oh, I forgot that you love that word. That's awesome. I do love that word. <laughs> That's good. That word. Well, Mm. we don't have a guest. That's right. We are just going to talk about things. Yeah. We're going to kind of freestyle it up. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. Well, hmm. We could talk about the weather. It's super cold everywhere. (laughs) Or we could talk about our kids and how amazing they are, right? It's true. Or. How much they can be little punks sometimes, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we could talk a little bit about mental health and ministry. Do you want to do that? Yeah, since that's okay. what the like shared document that we're looking at says <laughs> at the top. That exactly. seems great. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun. I love this. this. This is fun. This is great. Yeah, no. Well, this is stems from, I know both you and I have a heart for people that are serving other people, right? So... Uh, you've talked a lot about like serving those who serve others, uh, and mm-hmm. like a, a lot of my vision of 
things has to do with help, like helping equip people in ministry who are serving others and, and things like that. So this topic, I guess, is essentially about how to maintain your own mental health while wow. working in a ministry setting or even a mental health setting, things like that. So kind of just some really practical tips. It's based on a, a presentation that I gave a while back to campus ministers. So just trying to be really practical and because a lot of times like mental health type stuff can get kind of real theoretical pretty quickly. And yeah. so uh, what are yeah. some really practical things that are like doable to mm-hmm. kind of help keep you healthy while you're yeah. serving others in some capacity? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I it's it's critical. I know we've talked before about how we, you know, I know I've said on this show before, we can't draw water from an empty well. And if we aren't taking care of ourselves um, in various ways, um, there's a lot of potential risk or damage. Um, and as I've heard before, you know, I know sometimes our our culture can glorify burnout, and that is a, a severe, you know, occupational hazard of being in ministry or mental health care. And so we really do need to be ensuring that we're kind of reversing those conversations and ensuring yeah. that folks don't believe that burnout is a badge of honor or yeah. that, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, making sure that folks are taking care. Yeah, especially themselves. for... And all these helping professions lend themselves to this, but people who really believe in what they do, right? And so yeah. it's not like you can say, well, I clocked out, I'm going home because who cares now, right? It's That's you, you right. really care about what you do. And there are things right. that seem very important or are very important, but mm-hmm. that have to be done in, you can't just 24-7 be there yeah. for, you know, so. Yep. Yeah. So what's fun about this, there's, we have uh, 12 bullet points that I typed in a a thing there from this presentation. And I Mm -hmm. really like, you can't tell from recent episodes, but I like giving things kind of like clever, pithy titles, right? So if you scroll all the (laughs) way back into the, when we very first started the show, there was one on kind of just general like stats about where like mental health and ministry and stuff. And that one was just called Where We Are which, mm-hmm. uh, and then the one after that was about sharing your story and how that helps your mental health, but that one was called story time. And so we started off by giving things kind of like clever titles because I really like doing that, but that's not great for like engagement and branding. So, oh. <laughs> you know, had to start saying what's actually in this episode in the episode yeah. title, which is fine. Yeah, that's good. It's good. But I know you're going to be weaving in all those clever titles and about what we're about to talk about. So yeah. There's, you opened the document, you said, I don't know what this one or this one means. Yeah. And I said, great. <laughs> You're like, and I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell you on the show. Yeah. Okay. Well, that look, we get a real uh, live-ish reaction from you. Yes-ish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, do you want to just go for it? Yeah, sure. Why don't you start us off? Yeah. Well, the first one that I have is eat and sleep. And these are both actually we've covered, since I did this presentation, we've covered these on the on this show, right? Yeah. So we had episodes on eating and sleeping. Mm-hmm. But the... Uh, so. I was listening to a different podcast a while back and they were talking about things that we know change your brain chemistry over time. Mm-hmm. And some of the like top things that they mentioned were what you eat, mm-hmm. like your sleeping patterns, and then being in a state of like prolonged stress, Yeah, which are probably like three of the things that we as a culture are really bad at, right? Just yeah. don't sleep, grab some coffee and, and barge through it, uh, just eat whatever you can on the go, and then also just be stressed out all the time, uh, especially okay. for people who are in ministry or who uh, are in a helping profession. So you say yes to everything, right? Um, and That's we, right. We talked about or feeling that. like you can't say no, yeah. feeling like you should say yes to everything. And yeah. and if I don't do it, who else is going to do it? And yeah. yep. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And neglecting, so neglecting your basic needs, like mm. eating and sleeping in lieu of serving others, which sometimes we have to do, but if we do that too much, then there's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it kind of gets to this idea, and a lot of this does, but this idea of like being at your best self to help others like most effectively yeah. and most... I don't know what word I was looking for there, but you know, like <laughs> to be best equipped to do that versus, well, mm-hmm. kind of doing it at the bare minimum more, right? Which one is right. in the long run better? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's a good one. So starting off with basically meeting your basic needs. Yeah. So eating and sleeping. Yeah. Good. The next one, maybe, hey, why don't you talk yeah. about the next one? <laughs> so the next one, y'all, I read it. It says change your socks. And I was like, yeah. so tell me, Robert, I'm curious. How yeah. does changing socks help maintain your mental health in ministry? Yeah. <laughs> so this one is based off of something that my dad used to tell me when we would go on like hiking trips or camping trips or things like that. Cause we did a lot of that when I was little and it literally was like bring a change of socks to go kind of partway through the day. And so I started doing that when I was teaching full time and then also going to like grad school classes at night. Mm. And I found that like bringing a spare pair of socks and like changing halfway through the day was like Mm. very refreshing to me. Like it made it like made me feel Mm. much better, right? Just like having instead of like, oh, I've been on my feet all day long or whatever, right? It feels like, I don't know. And so the concept behind this one is, and I've used this phrase a bunch on the show, but what's the smallest change you can make kind of throughout your day Mm. To, to refresh yourself, just a little thing, not, you know, I need to take a whole week off, but what small things can I build into my day mm. to kind of keep things refreshed, to keep myself comfortable, right? That's so really good. There's a, another example for this that I used to, and I think I probably mentioned this before too, but in that same time period, when I was driving from the school that I taught at to go to grad school classes, I always put on like faith podcasts or mental health podcasts because I thought, well, I'm stuck in Atlanta traffic. I want to use that time well. Mm-hmm. But my brain like couldn't teach all day and then also absorb that and then still work for grad school classes. And so I was just yeah. exhausted. And so I switched. And again, it's just a small thing, but I switched yeah. that time to listening to comedy podcasts, which you and right. I were just talking about some comedy yes, podcasts. That's right. But even yeah. that small shift gave my brain some time to like kind of reset and focus on something else or nothing at all. If I could, if I zoned out, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. I wasn't still trying to be like actively engaged. And so just yeah. again, that idea of like, what's the smallest change you can make like throughout the day? Yeah. That seems like that's going to be something though, that you, that would really require folks to spend some time and really think, well, what is that a, like, what is that small thing that I need to change that actually feels good for me? So for you, you know, changing your socks, that may, you know, make you feel great towards the end of the day. But for me, it'd be like, oh, gosh, that's just another thing I have to carry around and yeah. have to worry about, right? So I think that being mindful of and tailoring those small adjustments for you and your specific needs are really important. Yeah. So, but I really like that. That's good. I know I, I have some, I'll mention them a little bit later. I'll refer back to the change your socks later because I have a, like a few small things that I'd recommend, but, but that's a good one. Like those, those small things can make a big difference, I think. Yeah. So. I think sometimes we think of, I mean, self-care in general, we think of like, oh, take a bubble bath and get your nails, like these big kind of, they carve yeah. out a big chunk. But I I really think self-care and that, that gets deservedly some pushback of like, well, not everyone can do that. Right. But I think. Right what are the changes, realistic changes that we can make throughout the day that keep us like healthy and 
things yeah. like that. I, I think that's like a better way of maybe looking at it instead of this like extravagant mm-hmm. type thing that sometimes we get to. Yeah, no, that's good. I really like that one. Yeah. Good. All right. So and see number three is another funny one. I think I know where this one's going. Yeah, yeah. So this one we yeah. talked about on our episode with Courtney Ellis, actually. I mentioned it. Mm-hmm. About uncluttering kind of our schedule and things, but it is Count Your Spoons, which I stole I didn't steal. I the I got it from Jenny Lawson, who got it from somebody else. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. an exercise that I do with clients a lot where oftentimes we think like we need to be good at all these things or like mm-hmm. dedicated to all these things, but we may not have actually the capacity for that. And so what I right. do is I say, okay, you have 10 spoons and they represent like the energy that you can put towards something. And mm-hmm. then on a whiteboard or a piece of paper, I write different categories of their life, right? So for my, my categories might be family and work and friends and self and then school i don't have school anymore but you know kind of Mm -hmm. all these different areas and then say okay i only have 10 spoons so where am i going to assign those Mm -hmm. and making sure that some at least one or two goes in self but Mm -hmm. aside from just kind of having a more realistic view i think it helps if like so your basement floods well that requires a spoon like you have to Mm -hmm. deal with that and so mm-hmm. if you say, well, I still should be able to put in the same amount of effort at work. Like, uh, mm-hmm. it, no, no, you can't because that, that, has, that spoon has to come from somewhere, right? Like yeah. you, only have, you can't just make new spoons. And so I think about now that we have gray, right? right. So Brooke and I have talked some about like, well, I, we're not doing work things at the same like level and capacity that we were before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying not to feel bad about that because there are things that we love doing. But right. I think that requires us to step back and say, okay, we're not just like not doing our jobs. We, the spoons have to come from somewhere. And so having that lens on it, I think helps relieve some of the pressure of, well, now I'm, I'm worse at this than I was before. I mean, you're, you're not, you're just, that has to come from somewhere. Right. Things have changed and you have to adapt that. So that reminds me, I, I love, I love this because I do think we can fall into that trap of thinking that we have endless amounts of energy and endless amounts of capacity to give to everyone and everything that we, you know, which is again, going back to, you know, making sure that we're careful in terms of what we're saying our yeses to, which we've talked about on this show. But I actually have, I'm showing you this. Y'all can't see this. Robert can, but I have a, a little Lego that I keep at, next to my computer that uh, a pastor out here in Waco did a sermon once um, using Legos as an imagery and a reminder hmm. that some of us have a Lego with, you know, six little like dots on them that we can connect to with others um, or other things or whatever. Some of us may, you know, have a Lego that only has four or two or maybe even 10 or whatever. But each of those little Lego spots, like once they're connected. So this is more when you think about the spoon is not just for all the things that we're doing, but when we think about connection too with other yeah, people, yeah. I like to think about this to remind myself that, you know, I need to be focusing my energy and attention to, for me, those who I feel as though God most entrusted me to be connected to mm-hmm. them Yeah, because it's very easy and tempting for me to wanting, you know, um, be fully present or give more of myself than I have that I'm able to, um, yeah. to my students and my colleagues and and they deserve all that but if that ends up taking away from the people who are most important to me like my husband and my kids 
too often, then that becomes problematic. Yeah. So yeah. I love the spoons idea. And it just reminds me having this little, I mean, I literally keep it next to my computer, y'all. Um, as I get emails and requests and things, it's like, nope, I've, you know, I've only got this many little dots and it's all I can give. Yeah. So No, that's great. That's even, I love that it's like right there by your computer because you know that emails coming in is like one of the things that you have to kind of wrestle yes. with. Like, what do I do with all this? So even having that right next to the thing that you know is going to bring some of those challenges up, I think is a great idea. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm. I have all these little reminders all over y'all. Maybe one day I'll show you all the little things are on my, no, there's not that many. There's a couple that just keep me, you know, focused and remind me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's good. Mm. All right. Awesome. Well, number four. Yeah. Is map your route? Yes. So tell me what this is. Yes. Yeah, so this is somewhat related to the spoons, but it has to do with planning out your day in somewhat of an intentional manner. And I don't mean ah. like very, very structured, like, you know, map it out to the minute, because I definitely don't do that. That's definitely not the type of like personality that I have. But yeah. thinking through <laughs> if you were going to run from here to wherever or walk, if you're like me, you couldn't go uphill the whole way, right? Like there has to be some other things. And so when I think about ministry settings or even mental health settings, right, you wouldn't schedule. So like I won't schedule if I know that I have like a handful of clients that have like really heavy things they want to talk about. I won't schedule like multiple of those right back to back. I'll, you know, have somebody who has maybe a lighter thing that they're wrestling through in there. And so this, this idea comes into play in ministry we're like okay if you know that you have two or three people that want to meet with you that are going to break down crying and that like really need like it's like really weighs on you maybe mm-hmm. don't schedule those coffees right back to back right so maybe yeah. schedule one of those and then i'm thinking of students because i'm my mind goes usually to campus ministry but like <laughs> maybe yeah. one person who like really needs to lean on you and then one person who you like have fun with and then uh, mm-hmm. something else right so like kind of mapping it so that all the hard parts aren't right in a row so that you mm-hmm. have time to say like I'm a real person too. I can't just right. you know carry everybody's burdens constantly. So there has to be some like ups and downs. So some downhill yeah. times in your your route, if you will. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that that makes perfect sense. I know you said that you're not a person who plans out each minute of the day. And I apologize yeah. for laughing as you were saying that because if y'all go back and listen to our episode with the Desire Line podcast with Suzette and Brandon, <laughs> I talk about... <laughs> my planners and I may not schedule it down to every minute, but it's pretty mapped out each day for me. But I think being that intentional and, you know, some days, so I love that you're, you know, as much as you can try to kind of not have maybe some of those more difficult conversations back to back to back all day. Sometimes we can't control that. I mean, sometimes it's just, that's the day. But even looking at like even zooming out to like the week Hmm. and looking at how do I find some rhythms and patterns in my week so that I, you know, maybe for me, I mean, I'll say for me, Mondays and Tuesdays and usually Fridays are pretty marathon meeting days. But then Wednesdays and Thursdays are usually more restful and I have time to create and write and do the, the other tasks that I need to do. So looking at a weekly rhythm and then also the month and finding those rhythms in the month too and building in, you know, well, this month is going to be kind of bonkers. So I'm not going to 
you know, schedule any more big, heavy things for another month or so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. I like that little analogy, though, the map your route. That's Thank good. Thank you. I really like analogies I, and metaphors. And I like, can tell. <laughs> yeah. I use a lot of them with, like, clients and stuff. That's good. Because I think, like, visualizing things and, I don't know, I think that's helpful. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. Good. Well, I love that you just said, like, building in time yeah, to write yeah. and do creative things because mm-hmm. that is – what number are we on? Mine aren't numbers. We are on number five right now. Number right? five. So this next one is number six or this one's number five? No, this is number five. This is number – So what you're about to say is number five. Great. Uh, yeah. Spend time creating. Yes. I very firmly believe that even if you say, like, I'm not a creative person, that we are all, like – have some creative aspect in us we're like made right. in the image of a creator god and so That's whatever right. if you say like i am bad at drawing like i'm i'm really bad at drawing like i'll draw stick figures all day but mm-hmm. creating can mean uh, playing music to me it can mean uh, like dreaming for this show right I'm, it's still a mm-hmm. creative endeavor even if it's more like maybe technical or whatever so yeah uh, finding those type outlets and this one really stemmed from an article that I read right around the time that I created this that I posted in the, the CXMH community group, I think, if you, I don't know if you remember that. It was months ago at this point. But it was a, a study where they had people come in and, like, tested their cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And they had them spend, like, 45 minutes doing something creative. It didn't matter. And then they tested them again, and their, like, the levels of cortisol dropped by, like, 70% or like some huge, I don't, I'm, mm. I'm like totally going to mess that up. So please Wait, don't. Wait, was this with the couples or no? No, it was just like people, I think. Oh, okay. I, so this reminds me of a, a colleague of mine is do, she's doing some similar work looking at couples, um, and in, integrating like creative things and measuring their cortisol levels. And yeah. it's kind of, it's the same thing as what's happening. So good. So yeah, yeah it is good. Nobody cite the numbers that I just used because they're probably wrong. I should have pulled it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Well, what, so let me, so for you, your, your creativity is like the show and music and drawing stick figures. What else do you do? <laughs> uh, well, so the stick figures, I don't think really counts, but so it used to be largely music, right? I was in music. Uh-huh. My undergrad is in music ed. And so music used to be kind of the main one. And I don't have tons of time to do that anymore because I'm doing different mm-hmm. things. But yeah. so like dreaming and then trying to like think through things for the show definitely works. Editing mm-hmm. doesn't, editing isn't so much that anymore. That's really right? it's, technical. it's technical. Yeah. But, but I think trying to come up with like who, who should we have on the show, things like that, yeah. trying to do some research, like find those people as well as writing. I mean, I know like writing, there's tons of research that says like journaling or writing or whatever, like that is very mm-hmm. helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, I don't write quite as much as I used to. But, I mean, writing is definitely helpful. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I guess, publish it in blog form anymore. Now it's trying to be collected into other things. But yeah. so, I mean, things like that or even just, I mean, I'm, I'm bad at drawing, but just like sketching or, I mean, like anything yeah. like that type stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What about you? Yeah. Well, I, well, first I love when you were, I, I wholly agree with you that we were created to create. I really do believe that. And I think that there is something holy and sacred about the act of creating and and being creative and tapping into that and letting the shame and the am I doing it you know good enough or anything just letting that go by the wayside and just creating so yeah for me um I mean I mentioned writing even if it's writing research and academic articles I mean y'all I'm like I'm so hopeful that I don't have neighbors running by my house early in the morning because I'm usually like 
sitting at my desk, the window's there, but I'm usually like dancing in my seat, like listening to my music and just kind of like, just kind of swaying back and forth as I'm writing and listening to my music and you're trying That's not awesome. to laugh right now. <laughs> um, but there's something about writing, especially when it comes to research articles that I love because I, I feel like I'm creating knowledge hmm. and that's something I, I really love. But I also love, I mean, my minor, so you mentioned, was it your major or your minor was in music? It was my major. It was uh, music okay, education. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So my minor was actually in studio art. And so I, so I, how, I gave, how have I never known this before? Oh, really? You didn't know that? Oh, yeah. So I do, I do believe in the practice of creativity and engaging in creativity. It was something that I felt like helped me a ton through my undergrad. And it's just something that I've loved over the years. So whether it's working on academic research articles and the sense of feeling like I'm creating new knowledge, or if it's, you know, being silly with my kids and creating pictures or music or songs or whatever. My focus in studio art was painting and acrylics. And so I do at least a couple of times a year, I'll paint some pretty big pieces. I wish I, I wish I do wish I could build in more time for that, but it's, I'm okay with the season that we are in right now that that I don't have a ton of that. And then the other thing I used to do was ceramics. So just finding different ways to get messy and make things and let the shame go of having to do it perfectly. Um, There is just this sense, this spiritual practice, I think in that. um, And I love, so yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So awesome. All right. You want to move on to the next one? Yeah. Okay. So number six is give things away. Yes. So tell me what you're thinking about this one. Yeah. So this doesn't have anything to do with like physical things. So not Ah. like cleaning, but uh, there's, I read a book called Leading on Empty by a pastor named Wayne Cordiero. uh, And he uh, talks about his story of burnout, but then he, there's kind of a statistic in there that stuck with me, uh, maybe not a real statistic, but he said, there's only 20% of what you do that only you can do. And that really stuck with me in terms of, because in, like, I've worked in ministry and things, and even in, like, creative things like this show, there is usually a sense of, like, well, like, I'll just do all the things, because, like, it's easier than explaining it to somebody, or, like, well, I want to make sure it's done well. But the vast majority of things that most of us do, other people could also do. It's more of, like, a control thing, maybe, and not, I mean, I'm not, like, trying to put anyone on blast, but there is a a control thing in the sense of, like, well, I want to make sure that it's done, you know, because I already have a vision for it. But so if you say, hey, you can uh, do this part or you can do this part, even if it turns out a little differently than maybe you would have done it, that doesn't mean that, you know, maybe that person is going to connect with people in a different way than you would have or something. So really trying to narrow down what is like the 20% of the things that I need to do that only I can do, which Gosh, a lot of it is relationships right. or obviously yeah. like one-on-one counseling. Like I can't, I can't tell, have somebody else fill in for me in a counseling right. setting, but which again, I guess is relationships, but like I could, if I really needed to, I could have somebody else edit the show or mm-hmm. record episodes. Right. So when, when Gray was born and right. we had those guest lecture episodes, yeah. that was really hard for me because I like yeah. being involved in every aspect of this show, but it came to where I said, okay, I, there are people that I know and trust with creating episodes and yeah. I can give that away and say like for this chunk of time, uh, that's, mm. you know, I, I can give that away because I didn't have the capacity for it. And so trying yeah. to think through that. Yeah. 
That's so good. So not only does it kind of challenge that sense of control, which can be toxic, especially for those who are in ministry or helping professionals, but it also, this really steps into challenging some of those pride issues that we may have without even Mm. realizing that sense of pride and like, I got it and I can do it all and I can be the one to do it perfectly. And, And it sounds from what you're saying, it really just introduces opportunities for us to practice humility and wow, man, that's really good. I like that. That 20%, that's going to stick with me. Yeah. I really like that. That's good. And even what you just said, I think that's a a dimension of it that I hadn't really thought about is kind of that pride Mm -hmm. and that humility. I remember when Brooke and I first got married, the the very first summer we got married before we moved to England, we were like kind of team leads for these, this series of retreats that happened down in Florida. And so we kind of oversaw, made sure everything went according to plan. Like we met with all the team leaders and stuff. And it was the whole summer long. And so there was one week there where the volunteers, they'd come a couple times and they said like, hey, we want y'all to go just have a night for yourselves, like go eat dinner on the beach or whatever it was. And we were super hesitant because we were supposed to be like overseeing the whole thing. And they, I remember somebody, I don't remember who it was, but they said like, listen, this will run without you. Like it's not going to burn down. Everybody knows what they're doing. Things are chugging along. Right. That's fine, you know? And so we did that and we... Maybe maybe you're in a situation where you have to keep your phone on because if a, a dire emergency breaks out, you have to be accessible. Right. But it was fine. Like everything went along. Everybody knew, you know, so there's this element of trusting your people and maybe even having to divorce like your identity from That's the ministry right. or the thing yep. to say this ministry event will function if I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And that's. I mean, maybe that like feels like a blow to you, but also that's like a good thing because you've built something sustainable or you work at something sustainable, you know, so like the thing will exist without you. Yeah. I think it's good. So yeah, it's a whole, you added a whole dimension to my bullet point. Oh, well, you know, whatever I can do. Yeah. But I do, I mean, (laughs) yeah, no, I, I, I think that that's really important though. Just practicing that discernment of what is mine to do. Especially, you know, we've talked on the show as twos with, you know, that's really hard for us in general, where we want to help everyone and we want to be the ones to do it. And, you know, and sometimes pride is, it's sneaky. I mean, it's not something that is glaringly obvious when we're being prideful. It really ends up in these really subtle ways. But I think inviting opportunities to challenge that and practice humility is really good. Hmm. So, yeah, I like that think about the term like, oh, I need to be there. And then I guess the evaluation is like, for who? For the thing or because you need to be there? For you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next one. Yes. Yeah. Uh uh, Says pause, which Mm -hmm. I think you're going to be able to speak into a lot because the like notes that I have under it are things like mindfulness, uh, Mm -hmm. right? It's this idea idea of kind of where's your baseline of stress or anxiety Mm -hmm. if your baseline is like a five because you're constantly going and something happens that bumps you up to an eight versus Mm -hmm. my baseline is at a three and so something Mm -hmm. happens it bumps me up to a six right like so this idea of can i pause and rest and in really simple ways like practicing mindfulness Mm -hmm. or getting if you get somewhere five minutes early this is one that i've tried to be like more aware of over the past couple years is if i get somewhere five ten minutes early am i Mm -hmm. thinking like oh like i'll i'll knock out some work real quick i'll respond to some emails or i'll like scroll through my phone or can i just like sit here for five minutes 
and exist, right. which is so much harder than it should be. Like you're like, oh, five minutes. <laughs> Try sitting somewhere for five minutes and not doing anything. I promise you'll be like, oh. <laughs> but I mean, we've we've talked about like the like mindfulness apps and things like that. Um, yeah, that just help you to exist. That's right. That's absolutely right. I mean, if we are constantly overwhelmed with different distractions and things and people and notifications and buzzes and places to be and da da da, I mean, it, how do we, I mean, how do we find that time then to just pause and be still and be present and practice self awareness and know who we are? Hmm. Separate- from those distractions and things and people and I'm not saying that those things and distractions and people are bad they're not like they're you know they can be very good good things but if we are wrapped if our day and existence is constantly wrapped up in other things it's very hard to tune in and which I think is what's most important with that pause so for for me, I mean, I love your idea about arriving a few minutes early, practicing mindfulness, you know, uh, maybe setting timers to remind yourself to just tune in. Um, but for me, I know we've talked a little bit about on the show. I every single morning I practice 20 minutes of centering prayer hmm. just so that I can practice being still yeah. and and learn how to unhook from all of those things that are trying to distract me and connect me and hook me on and, you know, ride me down the path of anxiety or worry or frustration or whatever. And so for me, it's spending 20 minutes each morning being reminded um, that I'm the beloved and that my worth isn't in any of those things or people or affirmations or whatever, but that my identity is the beloved, that is what I need to start each day as yeah. I go about doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. I, yeah, well it's, you know, taken, I mean, it's a lot of, it's not easy. Like as yeah. you said, it's yeah. not easy. And so first I would say for anyone who's listening, if you decide to do something like that, start with two minutes if you yeah. need to, yeah. and just non-judgmentally, you know, try to release those thoughts. Maybe we can do, a, we can do an episode sometime just talking about this, but you know, work your, you don't have to get up to 20 minutes right away. I mean, start little. And then I would also say not only like building in those little times to pause in the day at the beginning of the day, maybe, you know, or at, at, and at the end of the day, but also building in longer pauses like retreat, yeah. um, like making sure that you are, you know, disconnecting, practicing Sabbath or, going on retreat separate from your work and your family life, like not vacation, but retreat. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah, building in those longer pauses, I think are important too. Yeah. So no, and I love you even framed it as like practicing sitting still and <laughs> yeah. right, which I, this gets to something that I've been thinking a lot about recently is there are all these things that we think like, Oh, I'm not good at that. Or like, I'm not that type of person. So like, patience or sitting still or focusing right these uh, like all these things that we think like oh people are kind of born with those but all of them are practices they're things that you like they're muscles to be built and if you've never flexed the sitting still muscle which i mean like full transparency i'm awful like if you said sit here for five minutes without anything i would feel so uncomfortable i'm terrible at it but that's because i never do that so i don't have that muscle so like this this idea of practicing as opposed to being like well i that i'm not good at that and that's yeah, just who I am, up. right? But yeah. like, no, this is, these are things to work towards. And 
mm-hmm. giving yourself grace for not being good at them, but knowing like these are things that you can work towards. Yeah. Uh, you know, is I don't know. I think it's like kind of a, a shift in thinking that I've had recently. That's good. That's really good. Well, and for those who are listening, we ha- we do have so Insight Timer is the app that I love to use for my centering prayer each morning, and we do have a CXMH group on there, so you can search for us in the groups and find Robert and I in there. Hmm. Uh, once every uh, <laughs> once every couple of days, I get a push notification from Insight Timer that says, "Reminder: Learn how to meditate in seven days," oh, really? which is the very first like base level. Like thing that yeah, it gives you intro. is like learn to meditate, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I've only ever gotten through like two days of it, so it sends me a reminder, oh, like every so couple funny. days for the past few months. That's so funny. Well, I'll tell our listeners too. If you guys, if you get on, and if you become friends with either Robert and I or I, you can see like how active we are on Insight Timer and or not. <laughs> not that it matters because it doesn't matter. This is not what our ID <laughs> side do, right? So. Anyway, but yeah, so, but I think Um, that pause is really important. I'm really glad you brought that to this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to do the next one? Yep. Okay. The next one says, pay attention to your warning lights. And this actually might be, so this is, it was speaking of ones that we could do like whole episodes on. This is one of the other the like unpacking of this is one of the other things that is in kind of our brainstorming thing. Uh, But paying attention to like our emotions and back uh, a while back we talked with Mark Allen Shelsky about his book the wisdom of your heart and he uses this metaphor in that book and I have like hung on to it and expanded it a bunch in the way that I think about it but thinking about our emotions as like warning lights like on your car Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we we tend to think that like they are the problem but like your check engine light isn't the problem it's pointing towards something else. Like it's giving you information about something. And so Mm -hmm. instead of either like ignoring it and saying like, this will go away Mm -hmm. and then I won't have to deal with it, which leads to like really bad things in the the case of your car. And I would say also like emotionally just pretending Mm -hmm. or saying like, well, I assume I know what that means, but like stopping and paying attention and saying, this is trying to, it's telling me like, Hey, pop the hood, see what's under there, dig around and and really try and figure out what's going on as opposed to like, well, I got really angry at whatever, but I'm not now. So like, I'll just move on with my day. Right. But really paying attention to those and trying to learn more about ourselves, which is a couple bullet points down, I think, but uh, Yeah. yeah. No, but that's, that, that is so good. And it follows up on that pause beautifully because if we aren't giving those spaces to pause, we're not going to notice, we're not going to know what our warning signs are, right? Like we're not even going to know, we're just going to barrel through and just keep going and not even notice that the check engine light is on. So I like how those two are back to back. Um, And And, um, Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, when we did our social anxiety Uh episode in that book, when she talks about mindfulness and the way that she kind of talks with her clients, she uses this, again, analogy that I've used since then with a couple of clients that you're, have you ever been watching a movie and you're like very wrapped up in it? And so you're Mm -hmm. reacting to everything. Like when the guy jumps, Mm -hmm. you're scared. And then the person next to you sneezes and all of a sudden you're very aware that you're watching a movie. Rather than being in the movie. Rather than just like reacting and going along with it. And so thinking about our emotions instead of just like rolling with it and just, you know, you're not aware, you're just kind of going along, but trying to step back and say, what's happening? Can I, again, non-judgmentally observe and notice trends and, you know, things like that. Yeah, that's good. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Number nine, let it matter. This is a Johnny Swim quote because I love Johnny Swim. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, this uh, kind of goes along with the, the other ones, or the mm-hmm. one right before, right? But letting things matter, right? So in our in uh, uh, the episode that we had with Andy Kolber that she guest hosted, actually, mm-hmm. she said, like, there's this idea in the Bible that as you steward a smaller thing, you have permission to steward a bigger thing. I think mm-hmm. it's actually very similar with our emotions. And I love that quote because yeah. we think about, like, oh, if something tragic happens, then I have permission to, like, sit and grieve that or react to that. But, you know, everyday things you know, I have to just kind of keep going, like, ignore that, uh, you know, like, mm. oh, well, I can't, I shouldn't be this upset, just this one thing happened or whatever. Yeah. And that's, it, it is this idea, like Andy was saying, of like, if we know how to grieve and react and pay attention and, and learn from our emotions in kind of the everyday things, then yeah. when you get to like a big thing, hopefully yeah. you'll have a little bit more practice and you'll know a little bit more what to do with that. Um, yeah. And also it just, as with a lot of these, like, gives mm-hmm. grace for like, I lost my keys and I'm really upset about it instead of saying like, well, that's dumb. You shouldn't be like, okay, you're upset about that. Yeah. That's annoying. Maybe you can learn from that, but also like you didn't choose to be upset about that. So like, Hey, that's fine. Like, you know, right. You can offer that grace and just go with it. Yeah. It, it, I think I, I uh, love Andy's writing. She's so good. Um, (laughs) but Hi, Andy, in case you listen to this one. But I, I, I think it reminds me of that idea of just being able to, to hold all those emotions and being comfortable with them and, yeah, and promoting that resilience so that when those more painful, difficult times come, you are equipped. Not that it's going to be all okay and everything's perfect and, yeah, you know, yeah. and a big deal. Not, not that, but at least you you know, going back to that idea of like practicing, it's, you know, you practice with the little emotions and the little, you know, annoyances or events and and eventually it becomes a little bit easier for the bigger things. So that's Yeah. And you avoid the shame spiral of, well, now I'm upset because I got so upset and then I'm upset at that. And then, you know, that yeah. classic and spiral down. And then you just down. discharge all of your, you know, pain onto everybody else around you. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, no one does that, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, awesome. That's hard. Um, okay. Number 10, be honest and bold. Yeah. So these have to do with like talking with other people, right? And so um, a lot of people do ministry in teams, but even if you don't, so you have coworkers or you have uh, friends or spouses or, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so being honest has to do with your responses to other people, right? So back when I was a teacher, a friend of mine, I saw him in passing, you know, just in the hallway and he said, oh, hey, like, how are you doing? And I wasn't doing, I was having a really terrible day and uh, just like a hard mm-hmm. chunk of time. But like my classic response was like, oh, you know, like living the dream, I kind of made a joke of it and then walked yeah. off. And I thought afterwards, I thought, well, that was, A, we all just like do that, right? So that's fine. But also like, that's not really, that's not accurate. That's not helpful to me. And like, he's my friend. He really wanted to know. And so I went and found him in his office later and I was like, hey man, I really owe you an apology. That wasn't the the case. Like I'm, I'm, you know, not doing great Mm -hmm. and having a really hard day, a hard, you know, week, month, whatever it was. I don't quite remember, Mm -hmm. but this idea that we all say like, you know, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Well, okay. Yeah. Like, do you really, is that just your kind of go-to, which I think for most of us it is. So if we can catch that and say like, actually, wait, uh, I want to back up. I'm, it's kind of hard, you know, because yeah. the people that you're doing ministry with, or you're doing life with care, you know? So like when you, yeah. and I, when you and I hop on a call, we usually, before we start recording, say, how are you right. doing? And yeah. a lot of the time we'll say, like, oh, I'm good. 
actually, yeah, it's been. I'm really annoyed with my computer. You know, whatever. Yes, right. <laughs> and the, the other one yeah. of us, and I, I can't speak for you, but like that's never right. annoying to me. I always think like, oh, good. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm here yes. for it. Like, that's why I asked. That's right. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, there's really like good. people to do that with him. You know, people that maybe. Mm-hmm just actually want you to say, I'm fine and move on. But yeah, that's, I mean, that would be the one thing I I do think, and I do value the sense of being honest and bold, especially with those who have earned your trust to be honest and bold with them. Because one thing I would say is that I don't know that everyone always is that intentional and caring and wants, I don't want to say they don't want to hear it, but but I don't know that everyone, not everyone is always the safest to be able to be that honest yeah, and bold. Yeah. I love that you had circled back to your friend. I think that's a beautiful example of being able to circle back and say, you know what? I said this. This is really what's going on. Because not only are you then being honest with him and you're demonstrating that you trust him, um, but you're modeling that for him as well so that he knows that he can be honest with you. And I think yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. Um and I think as much as we can be honest and bold with those that we care about and trust, it's important. But I do want to put that little caveat that, you know, there may be some people who it's not always safe to be. Right, and right, that's yeah. okay, too. That's yeah. okay. Like, you know, find those that you trust to be to be honest with. Yeah, and yeah, yeah that's and good. I think you mentioned there, like us extending that and that the be bold kind of comes into play on the flip side, right? Where, mm-hmm. uh, right before I did this training, the first time I did it, I saw someone that I hadn't seen cause it was at a ministry thing for a bunch of different ministers. And, uh, I said, Hey, how's, how's the semester been? Uh, mm-hmm. and they responded, I'll, I'll never forget it. They said, Oh, it's been good. You know? Yeah, it's fine. It's, you know, mm-hmm. and I said, okay, that was three separate answers. Yeah. How has the semester been going? Which is an awkward kind of follow up. It takes a little bit of boldness of, you know, hey, am I willing to really dig in? But that's the flip side of it, right? So if if I got on and I said, how are you doing? You said, oh, I'm fine. You know, then to then say, yeah, that doesn't, it doesn't seem fine. Like, you know, to kind of follow up because that, that heads off the or challenges like the what we just talked about of like oh i'm fine like that you you're like indicating like hey i really do care which again there are people that you know if it's a random guy in an elevator maybe i don't need to do that or if it's somebody that like we don't have a great history but if there are people that i want them to know like hey i'm a safe place you can talk to me like right then that that same kind of idea comes back up that's right yep and i am grateful for you and the fact that (laughs) you can be one of those people for me so thank you yeah Anytime. Mm. And there's a, there's like a little side point down here about maybe that takes working out some language. And so mm-hmm. um, when Brooke and I first started dating in college, we got to uh, like where we were, you know, having kind of deeper conversations. And so I was still kind of wrestling with a lot of depression stuff. And uh, and mm-hmm. so we got to the point where we, when we like got together, she would say like, hey, how are you doing? And I would say, I'm good. And she would say, okay, but how are you doing? And we both knew what that second one meant, right? So there was this understanding of like, hey, maybe we don't have to every time say like, hey, how's the depression? Hey, how's the anxiety? Hey, how's the, right? Right. But like working out with, and that goes back to that trust of like, Mm -hmm. we've worked this out to where we can still get at what's the real thing without, you know, maybe having to go through a whole thing or like if you want to avoid it. But like just that simple asking it again 
we yeah. we both understood what that what that meant. Yeah. And so this idea of like kind of working out language if if that's helpful. Yeah. No, that's really good. And I think too about for like specifically thinking about this in ministry, I think identifying who those folks are that are that sense of safety is really important. I know a lot of times pastors will have little groups or support, you know, just other pastors in the area that they find support in. Yeah. Perhaps maybe you don't feel safe to be as honest um, with your staff. I mean, certainly you want to be honest and, and authentic, but and practice that with your staff, but, but having that support group that you really feel safe and comfortable with, I think is really important too. So yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. (laughs) Jinx. All right. (laughs) Number 11, learn about yourself. Learn about yourself. I love it. Yes. So this one, again, I, I use when, especially when I do trainings, I use a lot of stories and things like that. And this one the story that always comes to me is again about broken eye just because that's most of my life and so or i guess at least recently uh and so <laughs> there's so i'm diagnosed with adhd right and so brooke is very good at on any given moment pulling out like her computer and saying like hey can we go through like the budget for this week or whatever or like let's plan the menu or whatever and so oftentimes that will be when we're just like sitting in the living room and there's like the tv is going or whatever and oftentimes i don't that's really hard for me to pay attention because yeah. I'm very distracted. And so early on that led to a lot of like, Hey, like, I feel like you're not listening. Like what, you know? And so it led. And so to me, at some point I had to say like, listen, do you, you know, when you walk into like a Buffalo wild wings and there's like 12 TVs that yes. are all playing different oh games, my gosh. that yes. is what this experience is like for me. When there's one TV going, even if we mute it and you are trying to talk about budgets, like I can't yeah. do it. And so yeah. to avoid that, like if she said, Hey, can we plan out the menu? I say like, absolutely but like we have to turn this tv off that's just and so knowing that about myself instead of just continuing to say like i'm really trying to pay attention here but it's like near impossible for me and then we get in you know kind of a a tense situation where i i'm not paying attention and that's frustrating to her but then i feel like well i couldn't do anything about it so just learning about those type things and then telling the people that's right your spouse or your your teammates or whatever it is you Mm -hmm. know like if hey whenever we're in a meeting, like we got, we have to do this. That would really help me because people by and large, like have the same goals, right? Nobody's like trying to make it frustrating for you. So if you say, Hey, this would really help, but you can't do that unless you, you know that about yourself. Right. No, that's right. I love that you added though, like not just learning about yourself for your own, like to identify your needs, but also communicating those details to your loved ones or friends or I think that's so important. The other thing I would say too is, you know, not just learning about yourself and identifying these things, but really, again, I guess circling back to practicing mm. this non-judgmental self-observation, so that you're not beating yourself up for saying, like in in the situation that you just described, you don't want to beat yourself up of, oh, Robert, why can't I just focus with one TV on? And I mean, that's not going to help at all. But right. identifying what you need, not judging it, and just saying, okay. Here's what I need moving forward. I think that's so important and that's so good. I know we've talked on this episode or on the show a ton about the Enneagram. Um, and for me, that's probably been one of the best things for me mm. in terms of learning about my personality type. So that when I start to engage in certain behaviors or thought patterns, or I can be like, oh, you know, is that, you know, I, I just can take a second to think, is that, is that what, why is it that I'm doing that? Or why is it that I'm thinking that way? And, yeah, yeah. and kind of critically assessing it, 
so that I'm not just, you know, kind of flailing around in my personality and, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think about when we were in England, we would show up to team meetings and there was, you know, five, six of us and everyone was very different. And you could tell there was kind of a disconnect in the meetings. And eventually someone said like, Hey, there's a couple of us that are internal. Like we need some time to process these things. So like, could you just the night before send out an agenda with just bullet points so that I can be thinking about these things because we would show up and half of us just think and process on the fly. And the other half would need some time to think and stew on it. And then by the time they thought, oh, here's what I have to say about this. We had moved mm-hmm. on or the meeting was over. So then it ended up with some people being frustrated that, uh, that yeah. some people weren't listening or that they, their voices weren't being heard, which I'm like kind of exaggerating all that. But no, I mean, but, just thinking yeah. like if that's you and you're getting frustrated at team meetings mm-hmm. or whatever, that's a, you know, that's mm-hmm. something to say, hey, I know this about myself. Would you mind doing this? That probably they would say like, oh, sure. Yeah. that I mean, that's not yeah. a, a big deal. That's I love that. And it even circles back to the changing the change your socks too. So going back and thinking <laughs> about learning about yourself, right? And like those things that, you know, help you throughout the day or those little slight adjustments that you need throughout the day, I think is is a great, you know, circle back to that. But even thinking about those logistics, like, you know, are you a morning person? Are you a night person? And I don't know what's, you know, what everyone has kind of a different diet pattern or the, you know, types of foods that they eat or paying attention to how you feel after Mm. engaging in certain behaviors or eating certain foods or whatever. But I love that. I think that learning about yourself is really important. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. What's one good way to learn about yourself, Holly? I love it. Go to counseling. Go to counseling, number 12. that's awesome yep or you can find any of robert's go to counseling cards if you go to our website (laughs) no seriously we're huge proponents of going to counseling on the show if you couldn't tell but but it's so important i mean it's a great way to learn about yourself and to have someone who objectively is able to help you kind of zoom out and all the things that are yeah. you know, you're doing and that are happening in your life. And yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, my, that's uh, that's, those are my bullet point tips. No, that's great. I love it. Well, and I just had a little to add with the, with the go to counseling, I would say, you know, a lot of this too also circles back to that humility. And this is where you're, you need, you know, practice asking for help and, you know, recognizing that, that help is a good thing, especially when it comes to our mental health but also when it comes to spiritual health. So if you are in ministry, you know, it's perfectly okay going through seasons of doubt or spiritual struggles and reaching out and getting spiritual counseling or direction or mental health counseling um, or therapy. They're just so important. Um, And they will help sustain you through this work that you're doing. Yeah. And even I think sometimes there's this perception of like counseling is for people in crisis or anything like that. And the reality is if your goal is like, hey, I just want to learn a little bit more about myself and how I move through the world and how I interact with other people. I mean, any uh, don't go to like a crisis center, but like most therapists would be happy to do that. You say, yeah, I'm just trying to get some, you know, this happens, this happens. I'm not sure, you know, like that's. That's great. Most people would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, even thinking about with your kids, you know, Callie, I know we've talked about this before, but Callie, I 
you know, my husband and I are constantly talking about getting my six-year-old uh, or our six-year-old daughter to start seeing a therapist really to just get her comfortable with this idea that in yeah. the same way, you know, she sees a dentist and she sees her primary care physician. You know, if she had vision issues, she'd go to see a, um, an eye doctor, but counseling is, is just, it's the same. I mean, yeah. they, it's just another area of our body and who we are that, you know, sometimes we just need a little help with and that's okay. And maintenance in counseling is a good thing yeah. because yeah. we all go through seasons. So yeah. anyways, mm. So I also had mentioned, there are a couple of things that I also wanted to add, especially for those who are in ministry. I mentioned about spiritual health as, you know, being tied to that counseling piece. But I also think paying attention to your own spiritual practices and rhythms and what is helpful for you in your own spiritual journey is really important. So yeah. so practicing Sabbath, um, you know, we talked about this with Courtney Ellis. So practicing Sabbath, I think is really important. And finding some time to just rest, you know, in uh, the Abrahamic faith tradition, we, you know, we believe that God made the world in six days and on the seventh day, God rested. And so for us to think that we don't need some time to rest, you know, may circle back a little bit to some of that pride. Mm -hmm. Um, But even if it, you know, even if you can't take a full day, like if you can build in some time to, to rest and just say, I've done enough. Like, that's good. Yeah. Centering prayer is one I've talked about. Journaling, you know, I've talked about too. And um, and I think this can circle back to that learning about yourself and paying attention and pausing and, you know, practicing journaling and just to, you know, our thoughts cannot move as quickly as we write. And so when we're slowing down our thinking to write it out, that does help. Yeah. And then gratitude is something else within those spiritual practices that for me, that's how I really end my days as I lay, like when I lay down, you know, rather than thinking about sheep jumping, I try to think about the things that I'm grateful for from that day. Yeah. So, and then look again, looking at those rhythms, those daily spiritual practices, those weekly practices, monthly, yearly, um, like what is it that you build in, especially as we think about engaging in silence and solitude and stillness, which we all need. We really do all need these in order to to better discern what it is ours to do, what our next steps are, when to slow down, when to speak up, you know. Yeah. Uh, So I think that's really important. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, I love this. Yeah. Do you have any other, what else do you, do you have anything else you'd like to add or? I don't think so. I mean, a lot of the, the things that you just talked about even circle back to a lot of the things. So I, I wasn't even really thinking about things necessarily from like a spiritual perspective, but a, mm-hmm. a lot of the things kind of reinforce some of the other things. So even, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's interesting to me how, when we think about like, what's a practical thing? Oftentimes, I mean, even like pausing or silence or, you know, all these things that maybe mm-hmm. we could spiritualize, but also are very practical. Like, you know, that's right. Um, so no, I think that's good. Yep. No, I'm, I'm, I think this is so important. I really do hope that those who are in, you know, ministry or helping professions, they really, you know, I know we can say all these things. Y'all really have to be the ones to put it in practice. And so, you know, again, you, you cannot draw water from an empty well, if you're not engaging in certain things to take care of you, What's really scary is what could you be possibly unintentionally and 
you know, certainly not, yeah, unintentionally and unknowingly, you know, passing on to others when you're not taking care of yourself. So yeah. And even, and even modeling for the people that that's right. That's right. Mm. So awesome. Mm, Good chat today. I like this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hey, just, if you are in a ministry setting or a helping profession setting or anything like that, we love you. And like, we are so thankful for what you do. Yes. And so that's why Amen. we think a lot of this is so important just to help you. Cause I know we have a lot of people that listen in and kind of viewing it through the lens of like, well, how can I help other people around me? Which that's is right. part of the goal of the show. But we also want to make sure that we're saying, Hey, you, you deserve to take care of yourself as well. And so that's right. So yep, important. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Well, if you would like to connect with us, you can find Robert at robert-bohr.com or on social media at Robert Bohr. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at hollyoxhandler.com or on Twitter at hollyoxhandler. Um, and of course, CXMH is also found um, at CXMH Podcast on any of the social media outlets as well. Robert, I had a blast with this today. Thank yeah. you for yeah, carving out this little space to serve those who are serving others um, yeah. with this conversation. Thanks for so. tagging along with my uh, weirdly named bullet points. No, I loved it. I loved it. So awesome. Yeah. Well, right. we will be back next week. And as always, it was good having everybody listen. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for listening to the CXMH podcast. Want to score some major brownie points? Leave us five stars and an honest review on iTunes. Follow us on social media at CXMH podcast and email us with questions, comments, and interview requests at CXMH podcast at gmail.com.